Chapter 7 of 50 Years a Detective 35 Real Detective Stories This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. 50 Years a Detective 35 Real Detective Stories by Thomas Furlong Chapter 7 Tracing Train Wreckers Review of a crime which ranks with the Los Angeles dynamiting case for heinousness. How confession were obtained. What many of my friends who are familiar with the case in all of its details believe to have been my best piece of real detective work during my long career at the business was done on what is known as the Y and Doe wrecking case in 1886. While much has been written about this case, yet all the real facts have never appeared in print. The crime which was the aftermath of the Knights of Labor strike on the Gould Southwest system that spring occurred on the early morning of April 26th. Freight train number 38 on the Missouri Pacific was pulling slowly into Wyandotte, now Kansas City, Kansas, and on reaching a point near the North Depot on the banks of the Call River, the engine and several cars suddenly left the track, rolling down the embankment, and some of them into the river. The fireman, Benjamin F. Horton, and the head brakeman, George Carlyle, who were on the engine, were pinioned beneath the wreckage and were dead when taken out. The engineer, J. H. Fowler, was severely injured, dying within a few months from his injuries. The conductor, A. Spaulding, who was in the cupola of the caboose was thrown from his seat to the floor and painfully bruised and badly shaken up the rear brakeman whose name i do not now remember was the only one of the crew to escape either death or injury the discovery immediately after the wreck of unmistakable evidence that it had been caused by wreckers and because of the prominence of the men who had lost their lives thereby caused great sensation and much indignation the dead fireman was a member of the Brotherhood of Railway Firemen, and the brakeman a member of the Brotherhood of Railway Trainmen. All of the newspapers, not only of Kansas City, but of the entire country, denounced the wreckers in no uncertain terms, as did all decent and law-abiding citizens. I will add right here that the facts brought to light at the trial of the men charged with this crime, more than to any other one thing caused the disintegration or dissolution of the knights of labor in other words it was the beginning of the end of that once powerful organization for the benefit of those readers who are not familiar with the history of this order i will state that it had in eighteen eighty six something over a million members it had a veritable mushroom growth no class of people were ineligible to membership all trades and professions as well as races and tongues provided they were males over eighteen years of age and had the price of the initiation fee usually one dollar could join the color line was not even drawn as it is in most secret societies of course some good honest men were on its roster rolls but it was dominated by a brazen gang of monte banks agitators and crooked politicians and others seeking power and prominence to gain a point the officers of the organization would stop at nothing if coercion failed in its purpose the boycott and more harsher methods were substituted 
in short a veritable reign of terror existed throughout the middle west to illustrate their methods better i will state that if a merchant or other person in business through a slip of the tongue or otherwise made even the slightest remark reflecting on the order or even one of its leaders he was a marked man thereafter his business ruined and he of course driven from the country business men were often subjected to this treatment and worse for simply refusing to join the order in many of the western cities it was impossible for a man who did not join the order to be elected to office however deserving or competent he might be at the time the wreck occurred i was very busy in st louis looking after cases that had grown out of the great strike on the gould system of which i was chief special agent the strike which had been over but about a month was a long bitter struggle entailing much work on my department and had resulted in a victory for the company i could not get to wyandotte to investigate the wreck until nearly a month had elapsed in the meantime the railroad company had offered twenty five hundred dollars reward for the arrest and conviction of the guilty parties and a thousand dollars for any information which would lead up to such conviction after looking the ground over i became satisfied that this diabolical crime had been committed by some member or members of the knights of labor either out of revenge or to harass the company and divert traffic from the road after satisfying myself on this point i returned to st louis and requested vice president hoxie to withdraw the offer of a reward for the conviction of the criminals as i was then and am now opposed to offering rewards in such cases mr hoxie was in bed sick at the time but he issued the order as requested and i promised him that i would personally go to work on the case a few days later while i was engaged in laying plans for working out a solution to the case a bold attempt was made to wreck another train near tampo a short distance north of where the first wreck had occurred a couple of guards were on this train and these men and some of the crew who saw the wreckers gave chase and succeeded in arresting one of them this man proved to be o j lloyd a member of the executive board of the knights of labor in charge of the late strike prior to the strike he had been employed by the missouri pacific company as a switchman and had been a very active member of the committee at this time my department was badly in need of a thoroughly trained criminal lawyer to prosecute the cases growing out of the big strike and at my earnest solicitation marshall f mcdonald former circuit attorney of st louis one of the best criminal lawyers of his time was retained by the company for the purposes named and given authority by vice president huxley to employ all other counsel needed mr mcdonald accordingly employed ex-judge laughlin and judge r s mcdonald to assist him a few days later these three lawyers and myself met the hon bailey p wagoner general attorney for the state of kansas for the company by appointment at kansas city we visited the scene of the crime as we were on the bank overlooking the place where the engine and cars had left the rails i told the lawyers that i was satisfied that lloyd the man in jail for the tampo affair was also implicated in the wyandotte crime and that i proposed to get a confession from him how are you going to go about it tom asked judge macdonald 
i am going to get it through a night of labor i replied and gave the gentleman a short outline of the plan i had evolved in my mind for getting the confession after i finished the lawyers all thought my scheme was a good one but not one of them thought it could be carried out i will admit that because of the peculiar situation in wyandotte county at that time i knew i would have to be very careful or my scheme would not work the mayor sheriff jailer and in fact all of the city and county officials even policemen and constables excepting judge hindman of the circuit court were members of the knights of labor and of the same local lodge as the prisoner consequently were very friendly disposed towards him as everyone familiar with such organizations as the knights of labor knows i would have had but little trouble to find a member among them who would betray the secrets of the order for a few paltry dollars and thus enable me to obtain the information i so much desired from lloyd but i decided on another plan as i never considered a man who would violate his obligation to be upright and honorable in a word in trusting such men one is liable to receive what is known in slang parlance as the double cross locked up in a safe in my office was a ritual and bylaws of the knights of labor and a book of instruction showing how to initiate new members together with the annual and semi-annual passwords in the hailing and distress signs and various signals used by the members of the order so i decided to set up a little night of labor factory of my own and make a member that i could trust with the work in hand i had an operative in my employ at that time named george fowle he had for a long time been in the train service of different railroads of the country and i selected him as the man to be trusted with securing the confession from lloyd i took fowle into my private office and after instructing him carefully as to how to carry out my plans he was initiated into the mysteries of the order we took our time and went through the initiatory work carefully so that when fowle left for wyandotte the next day to play the part of brother alfred in the drama that i had staged for the town he was as well posted on the secret work of the order as though he had just passed through the grand assembly as the governing body of the order was called on arriving at wyandotte brother alfred proceeded at once to the headquarters of the organization where he made himself known as a special envoy and minister plenipotentiary of the head assembly of the order at scranton pennsylvania his mission was to investigate the conditions as he found them in wyandotte so that the head officers at scranton would know exactly what was going on in the west he also hinted that the general master workman and grand treasurer hayes had empowered him to use his own judgment about what was to be done in the case of lloyd who was in jail on the train wrecking charge brother alfred also called on the sheriff who was a knight of labor and after giving him the grip asked to be allowed to consult with lloyd the sheriff readily granted the request and brother alfred was ushered into the jail where he was closeted with lloyd for more than an hour and a half after introducing himself to lloyd brother alfred dispensed with all formalities and at once began a discussion of the charge against the prisoner of course mr powderly mr hayes and the other head officers of the order and myself know that you are all right lloyd and that you will not make a confession 
but in cases of this kind where there are so many on the job some one will squeal when they are arrested as they all will be for the ghouls have a lot of detectives on the case headed by tom furlong and it is only a question of time until they are all run down furlong as you know is not only a great detective but he is also very unscrupulous and will not stop at anything to secure a conviction in these cases now the order at this time cannot afford to have this crime laid at its door if one of the men implicated in it would confess which some of them would be sure to do as i stated before it would be a great blow to the order and cast an odium over it that would take years to eradicate another thing the men charged with this crime could not get a fair trial here at this time as the people here are very sore as are the members of the brotherhood of firemen and the and brotherhood of trainmen of which orders the two men killed in the wreck were members i have therefore evolved a scheme to outwit these capitalistic bloodhounds and thus save the order i have a lawyer over in the city from headquarters brother thomas who will get you out of here on bond and i will take you east and get you a job on a railroad where furlong cannot find you and will do the same thing with the other men who were with you that is true about some of the gang squealing replied lloyd we have been afraid of at least two of them giving the snap away and i know they will do it if they ever fall into the clutches of furlong and his hirelings lloyd further expressed himself as being delighted with the scheme and within a few hours he was released from jail and taken by brother alfred in a circuitous route from kansas city to independence missouri where the two boarded a train for st louis i had been informed of their movements by wire and had one of my operatives meet them at the union station and escort them to the room of another operative in my employ at seventeenth and pine streets that evening marshall left mcdonald and myself and a stenographer called at the room and i was introduced to lloyd as the headquarters attorney brother thomas i corroborated all that brother alfred had told lloyd and okayed the scheme to get all of these men and the job out of the country and promised to do all i could to further the scheme lloyd then gave us the names of his partners in the crime they were george h hamilton mike leary robert gears fred newport and william vasson all prominent and active members of the local executive board of the knights of labor the next morning lloyd in charge of operatives bonnell mccabe and two guards and myself boarded a special car at union station and it was attached to a westbound passenger train number one of course lloyd did not know he was in charge of officers at independence the special car was placed on a siding and i went on to kansas city the next morning which was sunday a conference was held at the st james hotel between the attorneys for the pacific company and myself it was late in the evening when the conference ended after which i decided to at once arrest the men named by lloyd as his partners in the wyandotte crime i proceeded to wyandotte and procured the warrants as the arrests had to be made quickly and all my experienced men in that vicinity were in independence guarding the special train i secured the services of frank tutt who had been employed by me as a guard for the railroad during the strike to go with the sheriff and myself to make the arrests 
the first man arrested was george hamilton chairman of the executive committee in charge of the strike we found him in viceroy park armordale where he was acting as a special policeman when hamilton was pointed out to me i approached him saying i want you officer what for asked hamilton murder i replied had hamilton been cracked on the head with his own club he would not have been more surprised before he could recover the club was taken from his hand and his pistol from his pocket and his big star from over his palpitating heart he made a feeble attempt to get indignant but failed lamentably and broke down completely and wanted to confess he was taken to jail and locked up we then got in the hack and were driven to armordale where we arrested robert gears after breaking through several doors while arresting gears we came near getting our heads blown off by an irate rumor whose door we had broken open by mistake after locking up gears we went across the river and stopped in front of a shack in the bottoms and entering it arrested fred newport and took him to jail leaving his wife and six children in tears we then visited kansas city and arrested mike leary he was locked up at about four thirty a m there was one man missing yet william vassen we experienced considerable trouble in locating him he had left his home to go to work for wood brothers the kansas city ice dealers where he was employed as a driver to deliver ice we obtained a list of his customers and finally overtook him near the kansas city union depot at about seven o'clock he broke down at once and wanted to confess after a good breakfast i took him to the st james hotel in kansas city and into the presence of the attorneys for the company the prisoner broke into tears as soon as we entered the room and made a piteous appeal to the gentleman to see that the wants of his sick wife and children were attended to i have never been arrested before and i was led into this i went into it at the point of a pistol he said crying bitterly damn the knights of labor he continued and expressed the intention of making a clean breast of the whole affair he was told by both the lawyers and myself that he did not have to talk if he did not want to i have been waited down too long i want to tell all about it i will suffer i guess but i deserve it then he made a full confession giving the most minute details of the terrible crime was the intention of the gang according to the confession to wreck a passenger train the tools with which the spikes were pulled and the fish plates removed were stolen from a tool house of the company located between the depot and the scene of the wreck gears and newport also made confessions and all these men took the stand at the trial of the defendants when they were arraigned the following january the testimony of these men was corroborated in every detail but the jury failed to reach a verdict standing seven to five for acquittal the knights of labor representatives through the court officers who were all excepting judge hindman members of the order had succeeded in getting several of its members on the jury the knights of labor employed the best attorneys in the west to defend the men among them were ex-governor charles p johnson ex-senator william warner thomas p fenlon and others in fact the officers of the order spent money very freely to bring about the desired end after the mistrial the attorneys for the defense made application 
for a change of venue and the case was sent to olaf the officers of the knights of labor immediately sent a swarm of organizers into olaf and johnson county and through coercion and other mysterious methods succeeded in getting almost every male citizen of the county into the order the second trial resulted in another farce the jury again being packed with knights of labor about this time there was a change of management in the legal department of the road and the cases were all nollied at the request of the company even the three men who had made confessions were turned loose peculiar conditions existed in the west at that time the laboring men knew nothing about the real benefits of unionism they had been herded into the knights of labor like sheep into a pen were educated by those who led them into believing that any kind of crime was all right when committed during a strike or against a firm or company against which there was a grievance and the latter were often as in the case of the big strike on the gould system proved to be imaginary i and my men were only interested in the strike in so far as it was our duty to see that no acts of violence were committed in short to protect the company's property from vandals and thieves the rank and file of the order were led to believe by their leaders however that we were a lot of crooks who regarded a man's liberty and life lightly and would violate any of the laws on the statute books to secure a conviction in any case we were called into and strange to say there are some men who believe this to be true even to this day i want to say right here that this crime was one of the most diabolical and fiendish crimes of the century had it not been for a mere accident a loaded passenger train would have been wrecked instead of the freight but luckily the passenger was late and the freight was given orders at leavenworth to proceed into wyandotte on the passenger train's time with the disastrous results told in the preceding portions of this narrative the officers of the knights of labor knew these men were guilty for three of them had gone on the witness stand and testified to the facts while lloyd one of the leaders had furnished evidence to corroborate them the investigation at the next grand assembly of the knights of labor at the insistence of a few good men in the order as to how much money had been spent in defense of these men revealed a big scandal within the order while it was true that a great deal of money had been expended yet it was learned that the sum was not more than one-fourth the amount claimed by the officers in charge of this fund the amount of money expended for me for the company in working up the case was very small as all of the men who did any work on the case were employed by the month on a regular salary and expenses in fact there were not cents expended in this case when dollars were expended in running down the dynamiters who blew up the los angeles times the latter crime being the only one which has occurred within my time that could at all compare with the wyandotte wrecking case for cold-blooded fiendishness it is also the only case in which the big rolls of money were expended by labor organizations knowing that the men were guilty because of my work in this case i incurred the lasting enmity of all the heads of the knights of labor from terence w powderly the grand master on down the line this was evident several years later in eighteen eighty nine i was tendered the position as chief of the secret service bureau of the treasury department at washington by president harrison 
i was not overly anxious to accept the job as the pay at that time was only thirty six hundred dollars per year and i had good business in st louis as head of the agency which bears my name but at the solicitation of friends i agreed to accept the position somehow the fact that i was to be the new chief of the secret service had leaked out in washington and immediately the knights of labor tipped their hand to use a slang phrase the president had gone to deer park maryland to recover from the fatigue caused by his inauguration and his first few months of service telegrams poured in on him from all points of the united states they came from the east and the west from the north and the south and from towns i had not known were on the map some of these telegrams were long and others short but all showed the vindictiveness of the members of the order towards me after the president returned from washington he sent for me and on my arrival at the white house he told me of the protests to offset these i presented letters from ex-governor johnson and major william warner chief counsel for the men i had arrested for the wyandotte crime which stated in terms that could not be misconstrued that i had done nothing but my duty in that case and testifying further that i had been very respectful and magnanimous to the prisoners on trial in short that i had done nothing to secure a conviction that was not entirely honorable you are all right furlong and i am going to appoint you as soon as this storm dies down a little said the president of course i was a little put out by the delay and told the president that if i accepted the place my commission would have to be handed me not later than january first after further assurance from the president that i would have my commission before the date mentioned i returned home a few days before january first i was again called to washington by the president i visited the white house in company with the honorable richard Cairns. after a short discussion of the matter the president told me to go over to the treasury department and get my commission on my arrival there i did not find the secretary mr wyndham in he being detained at home on account of sickness my presence in washington again revived the rumors that i was to be appointed and these rumors also put the knights of labor to work again with the result that the white house was again flooded with a lot of telegrams protesting against my appointment and my commission was again held up i then dropped the matter and returned to st louis in conclusion i wish to state that i assumed at the time all the responsibility for the manner in which the evidence in this case had been secured the plan for obtaining the confession from lloyd which in reality was the beginning of the case against the men was worked out by myself fowl or brother alfred as he was known simply played or acted the part assigned him true he played the part fairly well and carried out my instructions to the letter at the time of the arrests and on several occasions thereafter a certain strike guard employed by the company succeeded in getting his name and picture into the papers of kansas city as one of the chief unravelers of the mystery surrounding the crime but he had absolutely nothing whatever to do with the capture of the criminals beyond guarding them after the arrest had been made by sheriff ferguson and myself the dopey hand at the papers was mere rot there was also considerable said in the newspapers about the part a wig would play in the case prior to the trial 
but all who were present at the trial will remember that the wig was not introduced in evidence this wig was a pipe dream to use a slang expression End of chapter 7